Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5x2 Podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Uh, for this episode, we continue our discussion on Reaching the One and welcome back our guest host, Julie Dietrich. Our and frequent guest host. Frequent, yes. You, that is very, very true. So, But we're going to continue diving into the Reaching the One and talking about our Vision 28. So, George, I'll kind of throw it back to you. Yeah, Dustin, in our last podcast, when we talked about your course on learning how to reach the one, and we dug into that, and we talked about one of the things that you developed early on is that we need a resilient faith in order to be able to reach the one. But there's some other components of that. There's four motives that go with our Vision 28, and that's reaching the one that we talked about, resilient faith. But there's also compelling community and, and the potential of each person. Do you want to talk a little bit about how those other two fit into your and I, uh, coursework is probably not the right thing. It's, it's a training. We've been calling it training. It's I don't a know. Training. I don't know if that's the best word for it either, but yeah. Well, and, and that's always a challenge when you're talking to people because you don't want it to be the class that, oh, I, I need to get a certain amount of information into my head. We, we talked about the problem with that in our last podcast. We talk so much about what we need to know, and, and there's a lot of people, if I know enough, then I'm good enough, or if I know enough, then I'm saved. Or, and so sometimes when we offer a Sunday school class or a class on this Bible study or what, people think it's about learning the data instead of being able to apply it, and you want more than that. So the training probably works. Yeah, yeah, to your point, it isn't like, you know, you go through this training, again, for whatever word we want to call it, and then it's like, okay, I'm done. Hopefully it's helping give some tools and to help equip people feel more confident so then that they can go and continue, right? It's not like, oh, done, you know, I'm done with that. It's it's the continuation of that. And Julie and I really try to provide some tools that people then can use. And to your point, George, about the application, really like how do I apply this now into my everyday life? And so really just comes down to how do I live every day as basically as a missionary on mission where God has placed me where I live, where I work, where I work out or, you know, recreation, whatever it may be, wherever God has placed you, those relationships that he's already placed in your life. Dustin, I kind of look at it as like to renew my teaching certificate, I have to have CPR training. So I do that every so often, check it off, done, don't even think about it for another five years. This training, I look at it as like just information I've heard before, but in a new way that just keeps me fresh and current and provides me new lenses to look through things that I've already heard before. And so that's, I think, the differentiator between the training, like a CPR training, and this kind of training. Again, going back to CPR training, the reason that the state requires that is if you ever had a kid that would mm -hmm. need that, you need to be able to. The unfortunate thing about CPR training is most of us that have had it, when we would need it, we it's been long ago enough that we forgot what we need to do. Where we're hoping, like the training with reaching to one, is something that you're doing every day. You're practicing what you were trained to do. It's not something. All right, in two years, I'm going to retake it so that I can pass it. It's it's actually going to be a part of our life. And as we talked about the five by two disciplines, that's something we do every day. And so hopefully in those five by two disciplines and in this training, we are every day sharing the gospel. We're reaching the one for Jesus. And it kind of leads into compelling community because to your point of like applying it where it's not like, oh, okay, I'm going to go through this. And then, you know, two years do a refresher, which that might be something you can do, but it's 
you're doing it every day and having that compelling community around you to help encourage you, hold you accountable in a positive, healthy way, not to beat you down or anything like that, but to help encourage you along the way, I think is so important. And for you to do the same with somebody else, to have those relationships where it's like, okay, how can we do this together? And I will say something else that we talk about is we use two words. We talk about organized and organic. And so really what we're hoping out of this training is that we help kind of give some frameworks and that's kind of the organized, here's some frameworks, some things you can use, but it's not like here's the full out playbook of every single move you're going to make type of thing because we want to allow the organic because we know we're not going to try to box the spirit in. We're going to let the spirit work and let the spirit guide us and lead us and wherever it may go. And so that's that kind of organized and organic of we want some frameworks but we don't want to make it too much where it's like, okay, now you've said this, now you need to say this exact thing or things like that. We want to allow some flexibility in there because each situation is going to be different. Yeah, and I think we can apply that. I mean, most of us are used to those kind of things in our work where we've learned some basic skills, but every day something new can pop up. You know, a mechanic learns, you know, the basic workings of the engine, but, you know, a different parts broken, they've got to be able to analyze it. You know, with fitness, you know, you're into sports. And, you know, I think with football being on most of our minds now as we're getting into the playoff season, you know, the coaches, they run those trainings for the athletes. They cannot run every possibility but they give them the basic skills, the basic tools, and then the, the practice, every day they're practicing so that when the game comes up, all those things come together and it's organized, their practices, but it's organic when they get on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And so to continue then with the compelling community and Julie chime in whenever, but that's kind of the next piece. So we spend quite a bit of time on resilient faith and then we dive into compelling community and we'll touch on potential each person as well in this episode, but I see compelling community just being so important in what I've already touched on, but also as it being a witness as well. Because when people see a group of people, a group of Christians that love one another, care for each other, forgive one another, there's something about that that just people are like, there's something different. Like what's going on there that's intriguing? I want something like that. And that's what we've experienced in, again, our context in foster care with families we've been blessed to walk alongside is it's not just Sarah and I in foster care. It's kind of the phrase is it takes a village. We have our group of people, so many people that have walked alongside of us and then coming around these families, they're like, what is going on? Like, why are these people showing me love and care? And then it's intriguing and it draws people to it because they want to learn more about what's going on. They want to experience that. And Jesus says that they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. And so it's just a great witnessing opportunity when you have that group of people living on mission together where people see that, unbelievers see that, or unchurched people see that and we're like, man, there's something different going on. I want to know more about that. Do you remember, I think it was the first training session we did, we asked people, do you think you're part of a compelling community? And a lot of people raised their hands, but the word compelling changes the whole thing because everybody's part of a community, multiple communities. But the word compelling, I remember you phrased it as where the sharing of the gospel is at the ultimate goal of that community. That changes it all. And so that helped answer that question 
are you part of one to provide a lens to look through, well, what I am part of that community, but that's not our purpose. That's not our goal. So that was a real eye opener for me. And I think for a lot of people, yeah, no, I, I, no, you bringing that up is I think a great point. We almost, I think need to back up a little bit because like we yeah. dove into compelling community talking about it. George, can you read off our vision 28? What compelling sure. community even says the definition that we've used or the short synopsis of what we use for compelling community is making space for people where the gospel is shared and revealed through real life. You know, and I think going back to that idea of compelling, everybody has a desire for connection. You hear it over and over again. I think COVID, even introverts felt like they were disconnected and wanted some kind of connection. The compelling part of that connection becomes having the shared purpose. And for us as Christians, that shared purpose is the gospel. And so, you know, again, when we're looking at that definition, it's where the gospel is shared and revealed because it comes back to us. As we share that gospel, our faith is strengthened and we're encouraged. And that's something that we don't always think about, that it's a back and forth. I think years ago that in any relationship, both people benefit. You know, sometimes we always look at, well, I'm only doing this for their good. But, you know, I think like your foster care, you know, you're providing that for them. But those kids have blessed you, too. You've gotten so, you know, you tell stories about the fun you've had with them and the joy in their eyes. And that's brought a blessing to you in any interaction. Both parties benefit. And that compelling community, there's a benefit by living and sharing that gospel. I would almost argue that I think I've benefited more, honestly. I mean, I think Sarah would say the same thing, that... Yes, we're seeking to bless them, but like the return is, I, I think I would again argue that I think we're benefited way more because, you know, I kind of use the phrase, God has grown me in ways I didn't even know I needed to grow, like through this, from working with the families we've been blessed that God has placed in our lives, that it's just, yeah, it's been amazing to see God at work. We've definitely been blessed through it. Well, and I know that many foster families struggle, you know, the married couple that are doing the fostering sometimes struggle with how are they going to work together in this. I think as you and Sarah have worked through it, your marriage has been strengthened. And it seems like it goes one of two ways. But I think the key is you both have that goal of how are we living out Christ to benefit these kids for the kingdom, not just for their everyday life, but for their eternal life. Oh, yeah. And again, not that it's easy by any means, you know, and I say this, it's not to scare anybody, but like it is challenging. But again, I can't talk enough about the rewards that you receive from it and your growth and faith and all of that. But yeah, it can be a daily challenge of you have to put their needs above your own. Yeah, it can be very challenging of like the things that you're going through. You start to get maybe a little bit selfish thinking about your own feelings. It's like, no, I need to put them above my own feelings or needs, things like that, that this is really, like you said, to, to share the love of Christ and live out our faith. Well, I was thinking about if we're all part of multiple communities, it's not like you have to find a brand new community to be a compelling community. Maybe it's just that you're being called to be the pivot person in that community to shift what your purpose is together as a group. So boiling it down, what is the gospel? It's God's love for us. So sharing the gospel is simple. It's sharing God's love, but we need people around us to keep us motivated, keep us purposeful, to keep us headed in the right direction. It might not be you that's the pivot person. It might be somebody else, but it could be you. And working together and relying on God's spirit makes that community, that's a normal, regular community, into a compelling community, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will say, you know, we're talking about this compelling community. And George, you read that where the gospel shared and revealed, I think is the way it's phrased, that in a group like that, just because we're believers 
doesn't mean we shouldn't share the gospel. Like we need to share it with one another over and over again and be reminded of the gospel. Sharing the gospel isn't just for unbelievers, it's for us too as believers. We need that reminder. That's why I love about our church here at St. Peter's and you know the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is each weekend we're reminding ourselves of the gospel, right? We're sharing the gospel. And I know for me to kind of, you know, be a little open, like something in my discipleship group that I'll bring up is, you know, I can struggle with thinking I fall back into that works thing, right? Like I've got to do enough. And I'll share that with my group. And then they're able to remind me like, no, just remember it's about who Jesus is and what he's done. It's not about what you do. And I need that reminder sometimes just to have that and say that to my group. And even, you know, as I'm sharing, I'm like, okay, I know this is what I should be thinking and believing. But sometimes I need that reminder, that encouragement of like, okay, yeah, I've got to reset here. And sometimes then when you're practicing that with your community, then it becomes a little bit easier than to go share with unbelievers because you've been practicing, right? Mm -hmm. You've been practicing with your close friends, your family, whatever it may be with other believers. So you practice that. Now you're able to go out and think, okay, now how do I apply the gospel to this person's Mm -hmm. situation? But I've already done that with George or with Julie, and now I'm going out to share that with unbelievers. Yeah, going back to something you said, it's simple what we need to do, but it's hard and us being able to do it. And as you're talking, I I was just thinking again, Paul uses the analogy with athletes about the physical training. And I'm reminded I was at the gym yesterday and there was somebody that had a t-shirt that said, pain is a sign that weakness is leaving. You know, and it Mm -hmm. used to be the big thing, no pain, no gain, right? Well, everybody knows that exercise, when you start doing it, it hurts because your body's not used to it, but you train your body, you go through the pain. And I think, you know, some of those things in terms of your foster care, some of the pain you have to go through and the effort you put in, or the pain you go through in that first time you share the gospel with somebody you don't know, each time you build up that strength, you build up that ability to do it the next time easier. And we got to keep on training. You know, athletes don't stop on Monday because the game would just happen on Sunday. They keep going. They want to keep training. And I was just thinking about, I don't know what you said, Dustin, that triggered this, but, you know, sometimes we need others around us to remind us. I think it was our last podcast we talked about listening for the Holy Spirit's guidance. We don't always hear that, but maybe God's using someone around us or near us to help us to hear the Spirit. So when we're weak or when we're not focused, we've got that community around us to maybe help us see something or hear something that we didn't. So that's another plus for being part of that compelling community. Right. And you mentioned something else, you know, all of us go through those ups and downs in our faith life. There are those times when we feel closer to God and those times when we maybe have questions, we're having some doubts. And it, being around believers to remind you is very important. You have to remind you are a dearly loved and forgiven child of God. Those times I'm beating myself up because I wasn't good enough or I'm having doubts because, you know, we need to be reminded by others that God is God, that we are loved, that we are forgiven. A story just popped into my head of a great example of showing others the gospel when you're just doing normal stuff. And this happens to be a family dinner out. I I just remember this from a few years back. But I mean, think about if your community of friends goes out to eat, like how can we show God's love for others to see or experience through us? And I remember our server at this particular restaurant, he was new. And he was green. And you know how they train with another waitress. And anyway, the other waitress who was training him was very degrading to this young green waiter and unfairly, actually. And we were witnessing it. 
And my son, Jake, he followed that young waiter who was in training out the door because there was like a patio door to talk to him, to tell him like, hey, you're doing a good job. We see that you're really trying and we know that you are doing your best. Just, you know, rise above what she's saying. And it was him taking the time to follow him out and have a private conversation with him to lift him up. Well, you know, we could have just all said, well, the rest of us did just sit there. But he showed us that it's worth it to get up and talk. I learned so much from watching him do that that day that that now prompts me to try not to miss a moment. And that even goes back. There are none of us too old to learn something. Mm -hmm. And young people can teach us that. I think one thing I learned about, you know, that same kind of thing in terms of dealing with wait staff is when my daughter was a waitress and she would say that church people were the worst. That, you know, they would come in on a Sunday afternoon and they'd sit there for hours and talk and just order water so their bills were low. Mm. And then they wouldn't tip, but they'd leave a little pamphlet, you know, here's a tip, Jesus loves you. And she goes, if I wasn't a Christian, I would really be turned off by that because those people were mean, they were selfish, and they were stingy. And so that compelling community, those meaningful conversations we have, we draw people into our community by how we treat them. And if I'm treating a waitstaff person like they're just, you know, it's not in a dishwasher. That's a person. And I'm thinking of not the dishwasher in the back, but it's not like the electronic device. They're not a blender. They're not a knife. They're an actual person. They're not just a tool. And I need to show them love. And ultimately, it pays off. When you treat other people well, they respond back to you better. But we don't do it to get blessed, but we are blessed by doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of transitioning a little bit back to the compelling community of that phrasing on the Vision 28 is the the making space for people. And sometimes that's difficult when you have your set routine, rhythm, relationships to open up. That can be a challenging thing for sure. And that takes a lot of prayer. And that, again, takes that community people encouraging one another as, as you do that. And, you know, I don't want to get too far in this because I think we'll touch on this a little bit further, probably the next episode. But Julie, to your point, your story about Jake and going out and talking to the waiter, there's different opportunities that God presents us. And that was more of like just a probably one time. I don't, I don't know. Jake probably didn't see him again. I, maybe, maybe not. But um, probably like a one-time thing, right? But then there's other opportunities where we have more of a permanent relationship with somebody where it's ongoing, where we see them more frequently. So there's these different types of opportunities and ways to show God's love, to, to share the gospel through word and through action. And so just keeping that in mind, but really what a lot of it just comes down to is relationships. I think sometimes you put that pressure, I got to say things the exact right way. And what I found in, in my experience is sometimes like, I'm like, man, I said that so well, like everything. <laughs> and then it's like nothing, you know, really don't see any fruit from it. And it's like, oh man. And then I say something where I was like, man, I really screwed that up. And then there's fruit from it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, okay, God, that's that reminder of like, yep, you're in charge. I'm not. It's not about me. I think that's something that helped me. Like, okay, the pressure is not on me. I don't have to say exact right because if I'm doing that, then I'm worried about me, right, doing the work, even though it's about what God's doing. And so. I think we need to be careful not to measure the fruit. That's not what we're focused on because as a teacher, I mean, how many students have passed through my classrooms over the years? I don't know what seed was planted, what fruit came from. I'll never know. And that's okay because that's not the goal. The goal is just to be who God needs me to be at that moment. And who knows? Maybe that waiter told that story to multiple people. We'll never know. Here I am talking about it again, and that's probably in four years ago or so. So 
like let go, let God, right? Just let him do it and just follow his prompting. You know, we talked earlier about pain or it's hard work. And I started thinking as you were telling your story and, and even the story with Jake, the pain we may not think of in the same way. Maybe sacrifice is a better word mm. because it doesn't hurt me to give up my time, but it does cost me, mm-hmm. you know. So Jake taking an effort to walk out to somebody, he had to give up time with his family. He had to actually maybe submit himself to maybe some embarrassment. There was a sacrifice there. People might not say, well, that was painful, but it was hard work, yeah. you know. And so as we do things, I think the biggest thing that a lot of us don't want to do in being kind is that it might cost us time. If I start a conversation, I'm probably not going to be able to walk away from it in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. I might get stuck there for a half an hour talking to somebody. Well, that's going to be costly to me. If I'm going to make a compelling community, if I'm going to have meaningful conversations, I've got to be willing to invest that time. I've got to sacrifice of my personal agenda, my personal schedule. Great, great point. Yeah. And Julie, thank you for bringing that up about the fruit because that is extremely important. We talk about that in the training as well as you may not see the fruit, but we don't want that to be a discouragement because we don't know how God is using that to your point. Like when we see that fruit, we don't know all the work that was put in prior to that. Right. And so, yeah, don't get discouraged if you're not seeing that fruit. Continue on with what God's calling you into. And again, just keep sharing God's love because we don't know how the spirit is using that. So it's a great point. Yeah. I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm not seeing, you know, we talk about that. Like, don't get discouraged by that, you know, because, again, we don't know how God's going to use that in the future or what it may look like. So I know we're getting close to time, and I want to make sure we touch on the potential of each person. Before we start that, we better plan that for the next episode. So there's a teaser. The next episode is going to be on the potential of each person. As we wrap up this compelling community idea, there was one thing I wanted to say in terms of the fruit, biblically referring to Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, when Paul was talking to the division that was in the early church, I don't belong to Paul. I don't belong to Apollo. I don't belong to whoever. One plants, one waters, but the Holy Spirit's the one that brings about the fruit. And so going back to fruit, Jake maybe planted a seed. Later on, somebody else talked to that young man uh, that was a waiter. Who knows what could have come from that? Um, If nothing else, just to boost his self-confidence. You know, when I talk to somebody about Jesus, it may not mean anything to them right away, but then somebody else adds on to it, somebody else adds on to it, and they go, oh, maybe that's something that... Right. And I think we've said before, God is way more creative and clever than we will ever hope to be. So if we try to orchestrate it, it's going to flop. Just let him take control and be in awe of what he does with it. Yeah. And sometimes, and I think we'll talk more about this in the next episode or two, is sometimes it's not even about sharing the gospel in a specific way or sharing exactly like here's what the gospel is. Sometimes it's just talking about how, you know, as you get to know somebody, they're going to want to get to know you. And sharing how Jesus has impacted your life. And sometimes that can speak volumes, right? And not sometimes, I mean, that always can speak volumes of how God has impacted your life. And then they hear that of like, oh, okay, I can see that in application in your life. And yeah, that can be very impactful for sure. So George, any other closing thoughts? Just we hope that you'll keep turning in as we continue to discuss the idea of reaching the one through compelling community, resilient faith, and the potential of each person. Yeah, we look forward to continuing these conversations. We'll get into potential of each person, then we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper. I know all of this is talking about reaching the one, but we'll dive into some more, I guess, I don't know, practical tools or stuff. We won't get into 
all of it, obviously, but just at least give because, you an overview. Because you want people to come to a training. You, <laughs> well, know, you can give it, them everything under. And, yeah, and it, it's, it, it'd be hard to be able to try to do that in a podcast, right? Like there's some things, some different activities and discussions that I think are extremely important in a training that we just can't do that in a podcast type setting. So but we just want to give kind of an overview, some different ideas that, that people could use, though. Well, with that, we hope that you'll tune in for our next episode. Now, go out and serve God and others. Thank you.